Hello, my name is Nicole Jolin. Hi. The Old Testament reading is found in 1 Samuel 3, 4 through 10. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I didn't call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called, called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me? Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. The word of the Lord. Hello, my name is Jill. And the New Testament reading is found in Colossians 1, 13 and 14. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The word of the Lord. Hello, everyone. My name is Kay. Thank you for standing for the reading of the gospel, if you're able. It's found in Luke 18, 16 and 17. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. The Gospel of the Lord. Please remain standing as we pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence here. Lord, I pray that you will speak through me this morning and that our lives would be changed, that we would become more like you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. All right, you may take a seat. New Life Downtown. It is so good to be here with you this morning. I'm excited too that it's all generations, everybody's together. And like Jay said, 20 years ago, actually next month, Nikki, next month, August 31st, 20 years ago, we rolled into Colorado Springs with our little truck and U-Haul and the few possessions that we had. We had only been married for six months. The Lord called us here to be a part of new life 20 years ago. Wow. Good times. And there have been so many amazing things over these 20 years and lots of, lots of stuff at the church and our years of serving there. But for the sake of time, I'm going to skip through all that uh, and we're going to get to it. We, we are living in Guatemala at Casa Angelina. It's an amazing, beautiful ministry there. Um, we, we get the opportunity to pastor well over 100 uh, young children, well, ranging from actually like birth up through college age. There's also a ministry to widows, about a hundred widows throughout the area who have received homes that we've built for them and we visit them on a regular basis. 
bringing them food and medicine and, and going and praying for them. And, and it's just, it, it's such an amazing gift. For those of you who are going to come down in the fall, we'll get to show you. And then you can come back and tell everyone how great it is, all right? Um, I do want to introduce real quick my kiddos. They're, my boys are in the picture there right now. But guys, if you would stand up real quick, and Nikki too. This is my wife, Nikki, and my oldest son, Camden. Afton in the middle, and Asher. The only reason I do that is because it embarrasses them. So, all right, guys, you can sit back down. No. Um, when we were... Well, a little while ago at Casangelina, we've been there for three and a half years now. And sometime last year, I was ready to finally preach my first sermon in Spanish. Up until that point, I'd had Nikki helping me translate and I was getting better and I was getting to the point where I would be speaking and I'm speaking in English and she's translating and I would notice she's going ahead of me and saying what I'm about to say in Spanish or she's She's correcting what I said and she's saying it differently and that was fun. But then I finally got to the point. I would stop and be like, that's not what I said. But I finally got to the point where I was ready to preach in Spanish myself. I was like, all right, here we go, big day. Now here's the thing. Normally for me, when I preach, I love, I love to go into the deep and profound things of God and the mysteries. And 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says that eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man. They haven't even been able to imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. But we have the mind of Christ, it goes on to say, in the spirit that searches everything, all the deep things of God reveals things to us. So for me, I like to go into those deep things. And sometimes I'm, I'm talking to my wife about these ideas and honey, I wonder if it's like this and maybe God, and someday it'll be, and she just kind of turns her head and what are you talking about? But preaching in Spanish, I had to get real, real simple, really simple. And I thought, since, since my Spanish is kind of on par with a child, I kind of speak like a child. My very first sermon that I preached in Spanish was just that, like a child, to be like a child. And, and guys, I had this profound realization as, as of, I was preparing that message that the most simple idea in the word of God can absolutely change your life forever. The simplest thing, one phrase out of the mouth of Jesus and you study on that and put your attention to it can change your life. The word of God is so powerful. And I also realized that sometimes I think we can make it a little bit too complicated. Those of us who've been following Jesus for our whole lives, sometimes we get, we get out there and we think that things have to be complicated. Maybe for some of us, someone else in our life made it complicated. Maybe growing up, you, you lived in a house or, or attended a church or the form of Christianity that you understood was, was hard and difficult to follow. But it doesn't have to be that way. It really doesn't. It's not the intention of Jesus. So I want to read here in Luke. We, we read this uh, during the reading time in Luke eleven forty six. It says, Jesus replied, And you experts in the law, woe to you because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry and you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. You can feel this here. Jesus is angry. 
He's angry because he didn't intend for it to be difficult and hard to follow, for a relationship with him to be a burden. In fact, in Luke 18, 16, it says, but Jesus called the children to him. Okay, all the kids in the room, Jesus called you. He called all the kids. He loves the kids. And he said, he said, all the kids, come here. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child, like a little child, will never enter it. That is profound. We have to become like a little child to enter the kingdom of God. Wow. Now, to enter the kingdom, surely Jesus is talking about life after death, heaven, being able to enter into heaven. But he is surely also talking about now, here and now. To enter into the kingdom is to enter into the way of Jesus. It's the path that Jesus told us to follow. If you're going to be my disciple, follow me. Live like me. It's the way of peace and joy and all the fruit of the Spirit. It's the, it's the thriving and living in the abundant life of God. Jesus said the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I've come to give you life abundant. That's what the kingdom is. Okay, so do I have any kids in the room? If you are a kid, if you consider yourself a kid, let me hear you. Make some noise. Do I have any kids in the room? All the kids, I want you to shout out, kids are awesome! Now all the adults, I want you to shout, kids are awesome! Okay, if you're a kid, turn to an adult near you and say, you need to be a little more like me. (laughs) Well, only if... Only if you want to go to heaven. (laughs) You know, it's ironic, though, that Jesus tells us you need to become like a child. Because most of us, like if we have any kids in the room that are like 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old, when you were six and seven and eight, you wanted to be bigger, right? You want to be bigger because when you're bigger, that means you can do more things. And so as we get... When we're young, we, we want to be older and we want to be older. Uh, I, my son Camden here is 15 and he said the other day he's 15 and a half and he's not even 15 and a half. But that told me he's, he's actually just, he's stretching. He's trying to get older because when he turns 16, what's going to happen, everyone? He can drive and he can't wait to drive. And uh, we always want to get older because... We can do more things. When I get older, I can do this and I'm bigger and I can accomplish and achieve more. And then when we get old, we want to be young, right? So it's hard for us to be content. But Jesus says, you have to become like a child. Now, surely he does want for us to mature and grow in wisdom and understanding and knowledge. We know that that's clear. But there's something about being like a child that Jesus is looking for in us. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. There's four different attributes of a child that I want to explore. And the first one is this. Children are teachable. Children are teachable. Children have such curiosity, right? Such a great desire to learn. Always wanting to know, why is the sky blue? What is the sun made out of? What is that? What is that? And you know, and it's in the little kids, it's so cute, right? And as they get older, it's the questions become deeper and more complicated, but there's this great curiosity all the time. 
I remember when I was a kid, my younger cousin, Lauren, she was maybe five years old and we were at our grandparents and my grandpa was sitting down and she's standing next to him, kind of talking. And then she started looking at his head and she said, grandpa, I can tell that you must be getting smarter and smarter and smarter. And he said, what do you mean? What are you talking about? And she said, well, your head is growing up through your hair. (laughs) He was going bald on top. Do we have any really smart men in the room here today? (laughs) Curiosity. Guys, if anyone ever gives you a hard time for being bald, just use that one. It's my brains just grew right up through my head. You know, learning for, for a child, for all you kids in the room, I say this to my kids, learning is your job, right? You go to school five days a week, parents go to work, you go to school. Learning is your job. Kids are teachable. They're curious. They want to learn. They desire. And because of this desire, kids can learn the things of God very quickly. And the deep things of God, they can really understand. We need to be like children. We need to be teachable. We need to have a curiosity for the things of God. If you grew up in church, please don't ever come to a point where you just say, yeah, I know that. I've read that before. I've heard this before. That's not how it works. It's not how the kingdom of God works. And there's always new revelation and more to learn. The second thing is children are dependent. Children are utterly dependent, right? And from the time of birth is they're the most extreme dependence and it gets less and less as they get older. Unfortunately for us at Casa Angelina in Guatemala, we, we are deeply reminded of this on a regular basis because we're caring for all these children who have lost their parents. The, the tragedy and the sadness of this is so, is so fresh and real for us on a regular basis. But the reality is that children are dependent, right? And it's not even a question. It's just they, they look to their parents for help and support and love and everything that they need to nourish and grow. Now, as children get older, they get less dependent, right? Their abilities grow, their skills grow. And if, if Camden were to say to me or Asher, who's uh, turning 14 here really soon, if Asher said to, what, called me from the other room, and I came in and, he said, and I said, what do you need, Asher? And he said, could you feed me? What? Yeah, I just don't feel like eating. Could you just grab the, grab the spoon there and scoop the food up into my mouth? You know, what do you think I'd do, Asher? Maybe that, that bowl of food would, would end up in your face. <laughs> As children grow, they grow more independent. One of the greatest moments in the parenting years for Nikki and I was when we suddenly realized we weren't hearing these words anymore from the distant room. Could somebody please wipe me? (laughs) I I hated that sentence. Come wipe me, please. Not to be gross, but you know, if you're raising children, you know what I'm talking about. Oh boy, is it your turn? No, it's your turn. I did it last time. Okay, you go. We grow more and more independent, but we are never to grow out of our dependence on God. Never to grow out of our dependence. And the amazing thing is how Jesus demonstrated this for us. Look in John 
chapter five, verse 19. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. Wow. The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. How beautiful. Jesus' dependence on the father. Jesus shows us that in the kingdom of God, strength does not equal independence, but rather interdependence. You know, for me, as as a teenager, I was so dependent on God. I grew up with a really abusive father, extremely abusive. When I was 12 years old, he died. So when I met God and I, and I gave my life to God, I understood him as father. I needed to know God as my father so deeply. I, I was longing to be healed from the wounds of my childhood and I wanted to know God. And so I, with all of my heart, I pressed in towards God to know him as father. But something interesting happened. I, I saw the Lord providing for me over and over and over again. And I ended up, you know, graduated high school, went to college, actually went to Oral Roberts University. And so that's where I met Glenn Packham and Jason Jackson. And we were good friends. And uh, Glenn, I ended up being in Glenn's wedding. He was in mine. And, you know, we go way back. After college, graduated college, Nikki and I got married. We bought a house. We had Camden. And somewhere along the way, and I wonder if any of you can relate to this, somewhere along the way, I started to, not, not intentionally, wasn't on purpose, wasn't a clear exact moment, somewhere along the way, I started to think, it's up to me. I, I'm in charge. I'm the one who has to make it happen. I have to make my life work. And I realized I'm not depending on the Lord like I need to be. I I can't. If Jesus himself says, apart from the Father, I can do nothing. What in the world am I doing? It's okay, God, I got it. I want to show you how mature I am. You know, I can do it. I can raise my family. I can take care of my wife and provide for all of her needs. And I can do it all. No, we are meant to be dependent on God dependent all the time. And I'm realizing now the older that I get, now that the Lord had opened my eyes way back then, I I become more and more dependent on him as I go. And that's the beauty of the kingdom. Okay, the next thing that children are is children are innocent. And some of your parents are thinking, not mine. (laughs) Now kids are innocent, right? Kids have soft hearts. Sweet hearts, tender hearts. And mostly that's just because they haven't had a chance to do much wrong yet, right? Just let it go a little while and they are sinners and they'll start sinning. And that's just, that's just what we do. But when we're young, our hearts are soft, we're innocent, we make mistakes. It's on accident. We don't know what we're doing. You can see though, even in a young child, that selfishness, right? You can be six months old and there's that. So I always said to Nikki, like when Camden was born, I was like, yeah, we are born sinners, right? There's just this, mine, mine, give me mine. There's just this like, anyway, but compared to us, compared to us adults, kids are innocent. There's an innocence. There's a softness in the heart. 
as you get older, unfortunately, you do start to lose that because you realize that you have sinned. You realize that you have fallen short. And here's the beauty of this. It isn't, for us adults, you know, we can't go back in time and fix our mistakes and undo the things. And I know we all have those situations where we wish we could. But our innocence comes not from our life of perfection, but our innocence comes from Jesus. Our innocence comes from the blood of Jesus that covers our sin. And so we are made righteous and the Lord looks at us. This is what Jesus says. You have to become like a child to enter the kingdom because when you become like a child and you enter into the kingdom, you become perfectly righteous. The righteousness of Jesus. The father looks at us and he sees us exactly as righteous and perfect and pure as Jesus That's the amazing gift. So I want to read to you again. We read this in the beginning in the reading, but Colossians 1, 13 says, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom. There's that word kingdom again. He has brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Our innocence comes from Jesus. And the last attribute about children that we all need to be better at, to pick up and to learn is children are full of faith, right? Children are full of faith. If you say it is so, it is so to a young child. Now, again, as they get older, they get a little more suspicious and cynical and they don't believe. But to a young child, you can tell them anything and they'll believe it. It's amazing. They have so much faith. Perfect faith in trusting the people that love them, their parents. They know that whatever we say, they can believe. When I was a kid, I remember uh, going out with my uncle. He got a Trans Am. This was like in the mid 80s. You guys remember the Trans Am? Really cool car. And we were going for the first ride in his car. We're going around like, this is so cool. This is awesome. And there was this little green glowing button up on on the dash. And I said, Uncle Otis, what is, what is that button there? He's like, oh, don't touch that. Don't touch that button. That button makes this car jump, like catapult up in the air, can fly over the cars in front of it. And it's amazing. I was like, wow, okay. Can we do it? When, I mean, there's a, there's a truck in front of us. Push a button, let's jump. No, 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 not right now, not right now. But then... He'd say, okay, okay, I think we're going to do it now. I think this is the right time. Are you ready? Jeremiah, you got your seatbelt on? All right, lean back. I'm going to push it. Here we go. Here we go. Brace yourself. And I'm leaning back in the seat. Ah! White knuckling. And then he goes, ah, no, actually, there's another car up in front of that. No, we probably shouldn't do it yet. And he kept doing that to me. Finally, I was back home and he had to drop me off. He's like, maybe next time. And I, you know, I can't remember how many times he pulled that on me. And I didn't know that he wasn't telling the truth. I just believed him. I just had this faith that what he said was true. Children have such great faith. We should be like that with God. When he says, this is how it is, we should believe him. Even if it's contrary to what we can see with our physical eyes, we believe the word of God. We believe his word to us. You know, at Casa Angelina, one of my favorite things is with the younger kids to take them and toss them up in the air. And if I, if I throw one kid up in the air, pretty soon there'll be a line of kids waiting. And um, 
it always is such a reminder to me of this beautiful idea of perfect faith. Because these little guys, I can take them and, you know, I'm, I'm pretty tall. And plus, once I launch them up there, they're pretty high up in the air. And I'll, I'll toss them. I got a lot of practice with this when my kids were little, so I'll just let them fly, you know. I throw them as high as I can. And I know, I have zero doubt in my mind I'm going to catch them. I've never dropped a child yet. So they're up there flying. Do you know what's amazing? With these little guys, when they get way up in the air, they don't, they're not panicking. They're not afraid. There are some kids, as they get older, I go to throw them and they grab onto my hands and it's like little like slingshot effect. But the younger ones where there's such trust, I just throw them and they're for a split second, they're defying gravity and they're up there flying and they're just looking and they're smiling and they're laughing. They're not, they're not up there thinking like, can I trust Jeremiah? Is he going to drop me? Is everything okay? No, they're just up in the air. They're just soaring in trust. Isn't that a beautiful picture of what it's meant to be for us. With the Father, we can trust him so deeply, so perfectly. He will never fail us. Faith, of these four things, to be teachable, dependent, innocent, and full of faith. Faith, perhaps, is the most important, or certainly is at the top of the list, because without faith, You can't receive anything from God. Everything we receive, our salvation, all the fruits of the Holy Spirit, all the blessings and life of God, it all comes through faith. I'm gonna read Hebrews 11, six, and band, if you would, come on up. We're gonna close here in just a second. Hebrews 11, six says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's impossible to please God without faith. Think back to Jesus saying, unless you become like one of these little children, you cannot enter the kingdom. Because a young child has this pure, beautiful faith. They just trust. They trust us. We can be like this with God. We can have this pure, childlike faith where we just trust his word. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So my friends, I encourage us all this morning to be more like children. And kids, keep being yourself. And as you get older, you're gonna mature and grow, but keep being like a child in your heart towards God. Let me pray for you. Lord God, we love you. Father, I'm so grateful that when you set out to create mankind, Your heart was to say, I want a whole lot of kids. I can just imagine the conversation where, Father, you say to Jesus, Jesus, I love you so much. You're so incredible. What if we made a whole bunch more people that were like you? And the Holy Spirit says, oh, this is a good idea. I like this. I like this. Let's do it. Let's make them in our image. Let's let's make them where they have choice. And Lord, you created this whole plan. And then Jesus, here you are on the earth saying, unless you become like a child, you cannot enter into the kingdom. 
So this morning, Lord, as we open our hearts before you, Lord, we repent. We repent of thinking that somehow we were meant to make ourselves and to make our own destiny and that it was our own responsibility to completely carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. But it's not that way. Forgive us, Lord. Help us to turn our hearts back to you like a child. Help us to be filled with faith, to trust you at your word. Help us to be teachable. Help us to be dependent on you. Help us to remember that our innocence comes not from our good behavior, but from your precious life that you gave for us. You have made us righteous. You have taken us out of the kingdom of darkness and placed us into the kingdom of your son, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're a good, good father. Thank you that you are working in our lives and you are maturing us. And to the degree that we surrender to you is to the degree that we get to look more and more like Jesus and become more and more like Jesus, our example, our savior, our king. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.